Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Climate change is an intersectional issue, and I'm going to tell you why. Hi, I'm Gene McCarthy. I'm the National Climate Advisor for President Biden. Make sure you keep bugging the heck out of us old dudes so we do the right thing. Climate change impacts the people that have been left behind. The communities have been marginalized by systemic racism. Reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines. I think it's white slavery, what I just witnessed from Kevin McCarthy. He looks like uh, he's owned by his master, and his master is Donald Trump. It is pathetic. Who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by end of the summer, the beginning of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. Who cares? You know, complaints about bodies and relatives. It's interesting. It is, without a doubt, the left is as stupid and detached and as crazy and clown showish as Trump was ever on his worst day. And as they perpetually claimed in their imaginary uh, eyewitness reports uh, that they claimed he was, they are terrible. They're unhinged. They're incompetent. They're um, certainly disingenuous at the best. And it is funny a lot of times. I mean, the fact that it is interesting. This is how this is how we take a step back, undo some more of this country, or spiral to the end of the country, is some moron from Dorchester, Massachusetts, talking about, <laughs> I, I mean, with with now who has a, a, a music bed, that it seems to me whoever has created this uh, thing are, are trying to, um, trying to uh, swallow her up in the music bed. This dummy. Can I because, ask you something? Yes. What's Pepper eating? 
Well, Pepper, hey, a pe- uh, uh, some a pink toy. Can you grab it from her? I, I, I can't. No. Okay. Hey, right. Sally, somebody, there's a pink toy here. Um. So, um, so this is the what we've got here. These people, these highly paid people with power who say all the right to marketing terms. That's all that matters mm-hmm. this year is you have to be saying systems. You have to be saying equitable. You have to be saying marginalized. And all of these magic words that everybody in the administration has to say, which totally belies seriousness because it's not a strand through all of these things. Right. It's right. You, you could also – you can do any – you can do that with anything, mm-hmm. with race and class uh, and personality type. There's a bug behind you. It's just a stink bug. And um, <laughs> Pepper, no, no, no. Pepper, stop it. Pepper. Mainly for Pepper's health. No, it's not why I did it. <laughs> um, and it, it's just, it's a, we're watching a show. It's like watching Hamilton the Musical, except probably worse. This is this is. I would all, say we're watching Veep mostly. It's, it's all make pretend. It's all make pretend. Systems and this and that and uh, food apartheid. These are all theoretical make pretend things that don't exist. The problem is, is instead of being able to laugh at these idiots who are t- saying this in in academia, now it's out everywhere. The mm-hmm. problem is. Is that since we're since we're distributing the vaccine in an equitable way, a racially equitable way, which is stupid when it comes to it, it's a word that's not a sign. Equity is not a scientific word, right? We're supposed to be believing the science here. What we need to do is have these scientists distribute the vaccine using the logic that's uh, obvious to everybody here. That you protect the people who are going to die first. And that's what you need to do. Absolutely. Because this is ultimately it's about death, right? Or is this pandemic about inequity? Because it seems to me inequity is being prioritized mm-hmm. when people are having trouble breathing and then their hearts stop eventually. That should be something that's jarring to people. Yeah. And uh, – the total number of people vaccinated matters a lot as well because you just have to get to a certain percentage of the population vaccinated in order to protect everybody, including the populations that are suffering from inequity. You know, it helps them, too, if we just get people vaccinated. So, yeah, of course, you know, maybe you you know, do some mobile pop-up clinics in neighborhoods where COVID's hitting particularly hard or something. But you, the goal is to get needles into people's arms as fast as you possibly can. Well, yeah, but that's not, but, but and, and, and people have been saying that, 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 it, that it hurts, that black and brown people are dying more mm-hmm. from this. And yes, and that's true. But the, and that's why, yes, anybody who's susceptible to dying from this, right. get them immediately, immediately, immediately. And there are people in those neighborhoods but you don't go looking for black and brown right. people of any age and of any vulnerability mm-hmm. to make good because we had slavery for two, two well, hundred right. years. Right, and you especially don't prevent another person from being vaccinated. And that's what's happening. Because... So literally right now, mm-hmm. Alice, I'm sorry for jumping all over you. Literally yeah. right now, right now, mm-hmm. we are going out and finding people in marginalized communities who are not at risk. And we are finding them, spending time and resources finding them, and we are vaccinating them. Mm -hmm. 
when we could be vaccinating brown and black people who are at risk, elderly right. black people and brown right. people, and saving their lives. But we're not because we're playing some freaking stupid intersectional game of woke 2021. Right. All this, and people will die because of this. The very people you're supposed to be, you're telling mm -hmm. us you're trying to save marginalized people, will die from this, for God damn it. And this is the same thing that they did last summer. We had to go and have these big carnivals in the streets and destroy the cities because, uh, you know, inequity and inequality and police brutality, et cetera. And in the name of doing that, you've made the lives of black people in those cities Horrible. You've spiked the crime rate. You've made it easier and more likely that they're going to get shot in the streets now. Yay. Feel good about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And specifically, like on the vaccine rollout thing, I'm just struck by there was a story. I think it was Washington in Seattle where they had a freezer failure. So a bunch of vaccine was going to expire in the next couple hours. So they just like put out a distress signal and were just like anybody who wants it, come get vaccinated. And in like a couple hours, they vaccinated hundreds of people and they didn't waste a single dose. And a lot of people are like, "Yay, what a feel good story. And I just kind of wanted to be like, why isn't that what we're doing anyway? Like, if we can vaccinate that right. fast, why are we sitting around here letting idiotic bureaucrats be in the way of people being vaccinated? Oh, some people might jump the line. You know what? Like, just Israel has like 30% of their population vaccinated. If you're up to that level, it's going to help everybody, you know, and the states that are doing the best job right now, you've got Alaska, West Virginia, Connecticut, New Mexico, North Dakota, Oklahoma, D.C., South Dakota are the top states. Massachusetts right. ranks 40th in the country because right. we have people who are so concerned with equity that they're preventing people mm -hmm. from getting vaccines. Right. But, and, right. No, and, they, and they say it. They proudly say it. Yes, we're going to do this wrong and we're slower right now in the name of racial equality. We're going to do this wrong. That's why we're going to do this. We're going to attack this pandemic wrong in the name of racial equality. You know what? Too many black people are dying. So let's just make sure a few more white people die before we distribute the vaccine. Then it'll be very equitable. Like, great. But that's, perfect. <laughs> and if you're suggesting that's what they're saying, well, uh, that's what the equity, the you know, uh, right. top-down equity is about. But in fact, what's going to happen is more black people are going to die than needed to. Of course. Because of this stupid exercise in wokeness, and it's idiotic. It doesn't make sense. If it made sense and had some kind of end, then I would understand it. Mm -hmm. That was positive, then I would understand it. But with all huge, grand, uh, progressive plans, it never helps the people it's designed to help, if it's designed to help those people at all. Because right now, this wokeness, although it destroys lives, mm -hmm. destroys neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, marginalized people's neighborhoods, and their lives and is killing them in blue states like this one in Massachusetts right now, mm -hmm. it makes some people very rich. And some people do very well and get reelected and reelected, reelected. Because the story you can tell, I just talked to somebody just who said that to me, uh, said, well, you know, we should be using equity to when we distribute this because it is hurting black people more than, so we should use equity. It's like, no, 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 that's not what's happening. What matters is literally what happens right. at the end of the day. And what this disease is about is not masks or distancing, you know, or, or having drive-by birthdays. This disease is about deaths. Mm -hmm. Death is, is something pretty much irreversible at this point. I think mostly, yeah, we haven't figured that one out yet. So it's, cra it's crazy. It's crazy. And the, the fact that 
it just just goes to show you true too that you know Trump made a great lightning rod, but they don't need Trump for this. They've got fake straw Trumps all over the place. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so listen, we've got almost. Every, uh, I started the day today. Hello, everyone. By the way, happy Sunday. I started the day today with um, grabbing audio, and almost everything I got had race in it. And I thought, there's nothing you people can say without race. There's nothing. Imagine they had to give arguments without saying race or without using these buzzwords that are just <laughs> words without saying white supremacy, racist, equity, inequity. Imagine mm-hmm. because these words are, you know, nuanced and, and contextualized and, you know, they're all parts of theories. You know, this is all about, I mean, it, it's in the, it, really, you know what else you could do? You could tie everything into gravity. <laughs> True. Could, gravity attacks every part of our life, involves every part of our life, mm-hmm. every part of our life. Yeah. You know, and it's something that is an issue. And if you're going to suggest yeah. that, although we spend gra- a lot of time working to defy gravity, <laughs> right? But gravity is actually something. You know, it actually exists. But these other elements, they're giving the importance and legitimacy of something like gravity as something that absolutely is out there and exists. And you know, it's mm-hmm. just the same. Who could say that in a pandemic? Who could say it's crazy? I mean, certainly that's one thing is dead. The idea of hypocrisy is dead because nobody is afraid to immediately lose credibility. Or maybe it's okay. You can do it as long as you keep calling the president the biggest liar in the world. Then you can be as hypocritical as you want because Mm -hmm. he's bigger. And so I don't know. I don't know. But to have Gene McCarthy from .av – uh, running anything in this administration <laughs> is stupid. Climate change is an intersectional issue, and I'm going to tell you why. Hi, I'm Jean McCarthy. I'm the National Climate Advisor for President Biden. The biggest opportunity that this country has to grow jobs is to invest in clean energy. Uh, music bed aside, <laughs> harsh, harsh Boston accent aside, these are all propaganda lies. The biggest yeah. opportunity is to invest in climate energy. No, it's not. There's a few thousand technician jobs in mm-hmm. on the windmills and on the uh, solar panels, you know, in these in this country right now. Right. A handful of thousands. I mean, and you look to what supposedly the inspiration for this is, like the Green New Deal, right? Uh, the the original New Deal, and you think about the types of projects that FDR put people to work doing, and it was all like infrastructure, yeah, infrastructure stuff that existed. Sometimes like art things, like murals or whatever, you know. But it, they were things that existed already at the yes. time. He didn't go, you know what? We're going to invent nuclear power and have a thousand million jobs in nuclear power before like anybody had ever sat down and tried to figure out if this was a viable right. thing. You're right. No, but now <laughs> we're being offered, like I'm offered essentially a middle management job in a uh, green hydrogen distribution center already. <laughs> None of that stuff exists at all. You can't find it anywhere. It hasn't happened yet. But they're already, John Kerry mentioned green green hydrogen mm-hmm. already, which is essentially the off gas that, that all these turbines are going to create. Oh, theoretically, these are all theoretical jobs. Mm-hmm. And you're whacking out jobs in an industry that is booming right now during a time when we desperately need these jobs. Mm-hmm. 
And it's freaking, these are insane yeah. morons. We'll if lay you're, you off yeah, now. In Massachusetts, we have a place called Harvard Square, which is next to Harvard University. Mm-hmm. And it, every day in Arlington, Mass., there are these idiots at sundown who always are against something, whether it's the World Trade Organization or the or uh, globalism or Wall Street or whatever it is. They're always against something, always against some end of the world thing. Usually the Rothschilds figure in there somewhere. Um, and they're all moon bats and, and dummies. This entire left of this country, now those are these people. In this Biden agenda, this is a true believer agenda. Mm-hmm. This idea of like how much would he does he want to be a moderate? He's not. He is not. Nothing about what he's doing is moderate. This is yeah. extreme stuff right now, and he's put extremists in charge of the le- levers. And they found this. Per- the very solutions that we need to deploy to fix climate change are going to be the solutions that we need to grow our economy again. We're talking about good jobs, good-paying union jobs, and meeting the needs of individuals all across this country in every community. Climate change is a racial justice issue because it exacerbates the challenges. And the- <laughs> How convenient. This I'm not playing any more of this moron. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, no, I you're can't. not to the best part yet, though. I can't, I can't play the... F- I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't play the freaking best part because I'm going to go freaking nuts. <laughs> When she says dude, she said dude in the press the other day, too. <laughs> dude, I need you. Ugh, Do you want me to play the, the thing? I want you to play Gina McCarthy. Frig. This is so bad for people to hear. Climate change is an intersectional issue, and I'm going to tell you why. Hi, I'm Gina McCarthy. I'm the National Climate Advisor for President Biden. The biggest opportunity that this country has to grow jobs is to invest in clean energy. The very solutions that we need to deploy to fix climate change are going to be the solutions that we need to grow our economy again. We're talking about good jobs, good paying union jobs, and meeting the needs of individuals all across this country in every community. Climate change is a racial justice issue because it exacerbates the challenges in the communities that have been left behind. It goes after the very same communities that pollution has held back and racism has held back. Holy Jesus Christ, I can't do it. I can't do it. To serve those communities. Climate change is also about racism. Young people have a big stake in the issue of climate change and what we do or don't do because it's your future that's at stake, which is the exciting part of today is that the youth are not sitting on the sidelines. They're speaking up and the best way to get their parents to move is for them to demand change. We want young people engaged. We want them to vote as soon as they can. There's so much that you can do, but make sure you keep bugging the heck out of us old dudes so we do the right thing. Climate stop change now. impacts the people yes. that have been left behind. The communities that have been Gina. marginalized by systemic racism. Were you just marginalized? By- I was mar- I've been marginalized by Gene McCarthy's accent now. Is it Gene or Gina? She said Gene. I don't I don't, I don't, I don't know Sorry. what but so i actually find that kind of dark though the idea that she's demanding children pressure their parents to do something about climate change us old dudes isn't dude a gendered the best way way. to get parents involved in climate change is to have you kids yell at them 
I just, yeah, I find that actually like kind of weird and dystopian. <laughs> then, yeah, gen- then just the whole idea. I don't know. It's, I guess it's convenient for them that all their priorities help each other so they never have to make any trade offs, right? Like, they're- this whack job <laughs> should not be um, assistant shift manager at Feline's basement uh, at any point, even now. Incredible. Incredible. It's not incredible. It's fine. It's fine. But that's that should be, if there was any show, like a, a, a live comedy show every Saturday <laughs> night or something, you would have somebody playing that person and saying, just play it straight. Play it just like she's talking. If this Trump had anyone like that, the oh, this the is a, comedy girl, shows would have had a cheating fr- frenzy. It, but but it's not just the, the, <laughs> the the in the accent. You can call me being a jerk for the accent, whatever. Fine, I, I'll, I'm willing to take that character hit. It's worth it. Um, um, but the words that she's saying are divisive. They are not factual, and they are uh, made to manipulate people. And to s- softly bully people into taking a position, right? That that she's that Jean McCarthy's telling them them is uh, a, a moral, the moral imperative position, mm-hmm. and that is toxicity. You know, it's something comes in all sorts of packages, and this happens to be a, a diminutive Dorchester package. But this, it, it this is bad, bad stuff mm-hmm. that we're hearing from her, and from all of them. But I mean, this this administration, the left is filled with these. Anybody who's saying it, who's saying the words um, the inequity and systemic and all that stuff, uh, they are – they mean harm. They are not talking – they do not – they are not – their policy uh, – their, po- their, their policy um, – Goals? Uh, yeah, I think Objectives? Goals. Object- no, objectives they have, but their – Priorities? No, what's it called when you have your strategy, your policy, policy – can't think of it. Policies. Well, I'll say strategy. Okay. There's, there's, a, there's a well haggard um, term for it. Um, policy. What's that called in your policy solution? Agenda? No, policy. Things with the P, I think. Policy. P. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Okay. But the their, their strategies are, they're not made to help. The, you can see all you have to do is look at the summer to know what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and they gained political power in at least in in uh, cities where they already had political mm-hmm. power, and they've had the police now detach, and it's resulted in a worse situation for the very people they said they were helping. And you saw it all this summer, and the media lied about it, and Ali Velshi, et cetera, said you know everything's calm here, it's fine, and they've destroyed the city, and they'll never take they'll never blame themselves for destroying those cities. Um, and but it's absolutely them. And this the, the this climate thing to attack the climate to you know there is a way to talk about the climate and and to talk about reversing temperature um, trends. If mm-hmm. you know there is a way, I was just well listening. and the broader issues too, like clean water, clean air. I want to live in a place where my kids can play outside and where we have trees. And like, I think a lot of conservatives (laughs) agree with a lot of these sort of basic ideas of of things that the left would put into the environment basket. But 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 throwing people, destroying an industry that is in a lot of ways saved this country over the last decade, Mm -hmm. especially fracking, right now is going to destroy and end lives. 
Yeah. Many, many, many lives. And lowered our emissions significantly, the shift from oil and coal towards fracking. Naturally, through the free market, um, has lowered our emissions significantly. that's not even what we're supposed to be talking about tonight. Right. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, But I just loved that video, so. (laughs) I know. So this guy's been, Neil, this is Neil Crabtree. This is a guy from, who's been, um, who was just thrown out of work from the Keystone Pipeline. He wrote a big uh, Facebook post. He was on Fox News. Uh, well, I mean, the president was able to, you know, put us out of work by signing a piece of paper. But I'm the one that had to look these people in the eye and tell them they didn't have a job anymore. So uh, if I got a little emotional, uh, I think that's only human. How hard is it in your area to replace a job that you lose on the Keystone Pipeline? Uh, well, I come from a small town in Arkansas, and uh, unless you farm, there's not a, a whole lot of opportunity. So uh, I chose this career, and we go all over the country, and we depend on these projects to, uh, you know, provide a living for our families. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. It's it's tough. There, the people in Washington are not. Are concerned with that guy. He's a persona that doesn't exist. Go make solar panels. Yeah, it's go, fine. suck it up. Should have gotten an education. You know, should have uh, lied. Your, to code. Should have lied in your um, on your resume and your college application and got and become an important person like this person. We live in an America today where a typical white family has eight times the wealth of a typical black family and five times the wealth of a typical Latinx. How many times the wealth of a typical white family does this person have, I wonder? <laughs> and uh, how many times the wealth of a typical Native American does she have, I wonder? Uh, you know, the, the, the people with the identity that she stole to make all this money. And this person is considered acceptable in society? This vile thing, Liz Warren? Jesus Christ. Family. Gaps that haven't budged in decades. Now, Dr. Ralph, you have... No, you're not hearing from Dr. Ralph. I don't care. Dr. Ralph says systems, racism, inequity, intersectionality, um, privilege. Okay, you Mm -hmm. get it. You've heard it all before. It's all the same. Yep, and her proposal that she's proposing in that video, if I recall, is that we uh, make mortgages more available on the basis of diversity categories. Correct. Isn't that what that video is? I, I, I can't remember which one is not, which one isn't. I know that we're supposed to be separating races now uh, in everything we do, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. COVID relief for businesses. Those go yeah. separated by races. Uh, Blacks yeah. go first and then brown people go and then whites go last. And <laughs> then now for and then um, now for yeah, hold on, and then now for um for. For the vaccine as well, you have to be separated or out, out, put blacks over here, the brown people over there, and the whites over there, and then make the whites go last over there. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. And feel good about separating races or segregating races like that and uh, picking winners and losers. That seems to have uh, given us a great uh, legacy already. Yeah, so she um, she says the point of this video in the tweet where she tweeted this video was that she wants a policy where we have down payment assistance accounting for our history of housing discrimination. So, yeah. So that means, I mean, I don't know exactly what that means because I haven't seen the bill, but I I would assume that down payment assistance accounting for our history of housing discrimination uh, doesn't mean down payment assistance for people who look like you and me. Right. Well, and and also remember, all of this stuff Mm -hmm. can be done by having a big debate in front of the american people in the hall in the in the well of the senate and in uh, in the house chamber you can have these big debates 
and, the, and let the American people, you know, hash it out and talk to their representatives about this stuff. And this all could have happened. All of these super fixes that have always been right here mm-hmm. could have always happened during Obama. Could have happened five years ago, ten years ago. Could have happened during Clinton. Could have happened during Obama. Had a, you always could have done this stuff, but suddenly, no. Suddenly, they're all tied in with the pandemic, and they need to be done immediately, immediately, without without any deliberation. Mm-hmm. They just need to be rammed through. Yeah, so, and in the category of the pandemic assistance, which is um, still being worked on, um, there Biden had pledged initially to kind of work on that bill in a bipartisan way to see if he could get Republicans on board with a package, given that, right. you know, there were Republicans who wanted to do the $2,000 checks when Trump was there. And, you know, now that now they have more Democrats in the Senate, so they should, in theory, be able to do something here. Um, but instead, they're already prepped for that not to work and they're ready to push things through with reconciliation. Yes. Just pass it in the House, pass it in the Senate, and then cram it through with reconciliation, just yes. like they did Obamacare, which worked out so well, I think, and for so, Obama. And so they're telling you, and like Ryan Deese, who was on one of the shows, Meet the, Meet the Press today, I think, who was with the Biden Economic Council, basically mm-hmm. all of Biden's economic people went out like the Nazgul's. <laughs> to every Sunday show and all said the same thing and they all said we need the American people need this relief right now they need it fast and comprehensive comprehensive and fast mm-hmm. so it has to be huge and so, so it has to be huge and include the minimum wage hike and include a whole bunch of other stuff um, it, it, which is all of these progressive uh, things that they've been just trying to push through right um, does a, a minimum wage hike help when there's a small business crisis? And huge job loss from restaurants and small stores and things like that. Right. It would destroy them, obviously. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things that they're trying to uh, push this in. They don't want the checks targeted. They want huge checks everywhere. They want the states to be bailed out, which is part of the huge mm-hmm. racket. They want to give away millions of dollars to the unions who are shaking them down again, who still won't go to school. It doesn't matter. This is a, a sick, huge bear of a bill. That's disgusting and would harm. When you said the minimum wage, you would be putting out of their misery businesses that have just hung out, right. uh, hung on. They would be dead, 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 dead. It's a disgusting and it's a bill that it's a divisive bill. This remember mm-hmm. unity uniting? No, no, no. But it doesn't matter. The the capos, the lieutenants have been set out mm-hmm. uh, all day today, canvassing every show, saying it. We need this to be fast and we need it right now. This needs to be fast and needs to be done right now. We are in a unique moment of economic crisis. And we need comprehensive and fast, fast and comprehensive. It requires a unique response for everybody to come together. This is a unique crisis. It's a unique health crisis, a unique economic crisis. Everybody needs to come together. Mm-hmm. Wow, that seems like a non sequitur to what he's <laughs> saying, but okay. And it's one that calls on all of us to work together with the speed that we need to put a comprehensive response at, in place. Just before you and I got started in this interview, a group of 10 Republicans put out a, a letter. You've probably uh, just been alerted to it yourself. Um, essentially, 10 Republicans, which we know is what you would need to avoid a filibuster and do this without having to use a parliamentary maneuver. They, they are going to unveil it, their framework for a COVID relief plan tomorrow, and they're requesting a meeting with President Biden. Your reaction? 
Well, we've been engaging with members of Congress from both parties. and That's not true. The 14 yeah. people who wanted to compromise, who actually, with this group, said that they have not engaged or called or contacted any Democrat or Republican. In both houses mm -hmm. over the course of the last week or two. We'll continue to do that as we go forward. And the president has said repeatedly he is open to ideas, wherever they may come, that we could improve upon the approach to actually tackling this crisis. What he's uncompromising about is the need to move with speed mm -hmm. on a comprehensive okay. approach here. Okay. We have a virus crisis. We have an economic crisis. We have to get shots in people's arms. Right. We have to get the schools reopened so that parents can go back to work. The fact that they can say that with a straight face, there's your cynical politics. When you talk yeah. about people wanting to drain the swamp, and how could people mm -hmm. vote for somebody with orange hair who's a jerk like Trump? That's how. Because mm -hmm. this guy, this freaking crook, this corrupt weasel is working with this administration who's mm -hmm. working with the unions who put them there. This administration works for the unions in many ways, yeah. and all the Democrats do, and they're pretending. And the union said no, and the administration said you should get back to school. The CDC says you should. The union said no, you better get us more money in this bill before we even think about it. And the Democrats said okay, okay. <laughs> so now they're coming back to you and saying we have to make sure the schools are cleaned and sanitized, as if that's not something that could have already happened. Somehow the private schools all got cleaned and sanitized. This is remarkable. Yeah, they managed to stay open. It's weird. This now is this is the DC. Dangerous, old, dirty, corrupt politics. Mm -hmm. It might sound better than Trump's, the way Trump says it, and some of his people said it, but this is the pernicious, disgusting DC way. So, but now here's the trick because uh, they need 100% of Democrats to do this through reconciliation. They can't lose anybody. Um, and you know, they have Mansion, they have Cinema, who are kind of very committed to being. Um, yeah, we have Darth Vader in the podcast today. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, they have Mansion and they have Cinema, who are committed to being more bipartisan. Particularly, Mansion has been trying to make this bipartisan stuff happen, and a lot of people are getting annoyed that they feel Biden's not even trying to take the bipartisan option, trying to work with any Republicans. Mm -hmm. You know that he's. Um, planning to go essentially straight to reconciliation and it's my way or the highway and they can't lose mansion or cinema uh, and we'll get to that beautiful thing in just a couple of, of minutes here so they're they're not just hitting the big sunday shows that's all my teases oh yeah <laughs> well said so this is once again this is ryan deese talking to chuck todd and uh, he, mm -hmm. ryan deese is the biden one of the economic council uh henchmen and we need to provide direct relief to families and businesses across the country who are really struggling here so we need to act comprehensively and we need to act with speed but we're going to continue of course this would not be speedy. If you're going to do this big, huge, comprehensive, big bill, mm -hmm. the uh, the relief would come probably in a month and a half, a month to a month and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and also, there, there's no reason to think you need to act comprehensively. You could vote on the checks uh, this week. You know, yeah. you could do the business bailouts the week after. You could do, before them all, the funding for vaccinations. You could do it tomorrow morning. Right. I mean, for God's sake. Why sense, not? If you, there are, there are, you know, there's like, I don't know how many percent, we'll say 36% of this thing, maybe 50% of this thing, both Democrats and Republicans agree on. Mm -hmm. Nobody has a problem with getting money for vaccines. We could vote on that tomorrow, but no, they're attaching it to these pet projects because to them, they don't have a pandemic. 
they're not serious about it. They never were serious about it. It's just, yeah. it's you know what today is right now? Today to them is Sunday night. Tomorrow morning, or by the time you're listening to this, it's to them. It's not Pandemic Monday. It's just Monday. And it's business as usual. It's about getting power, 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 power. To have conversations as we go forward. Oh, why can't you do both? Um, there, there was this idea proposed, and, and um, the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki seemed to shoot it down. But let me ask you about it here, which is this idea. Look, you're, you've got, you're preparing the groundwork for budget reconciliation. You know there is parts of your $2 trillion plan that does have bipartisan support. Maybe there is basically the, the money for vaccinations, the direct checks with some means testing. There's probably a trillion-dollar deal you could do with 60 votes. Um, why not do that? and then get the rest of it through budget reconciliation? Since the timing, uh, uh, it, it wouldn't, I don't think, have a timing problem here, would it? We have a real urgency to act and to act comprehensively. You know, The $15 minimum wage can't wait. We can't, right. we can't vote on that separately. We need to shoot small businesses <laughs> in the head as soon as possible. We have the real needs to act and act comprehensively. The idea that they're all given these talking points, the bullet points, mm -hmm. to, and I want you to use the words, guys, act comprehensively fast. Speed. Act comprehensively fast. We're losing, um, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing a million people added to the unemployment insurance rolls each week. So we'd like to add 20 million more. <laughs> and we need to act comprehensively. One thing we've learned of the past 11 idiot. months is a piecemeal approach where we try to tackle one element of this and wait and see on the rest is not a recipe for success. Wait, wait, when did we try this? When did we do a piecemeal approach on this? You didn't do any approach on this. You waited till after the election. There were no right. approaches because your guy didn't win yet. So we need to move forward comprehensively and we need to move forward with speed. And Anybody else who said those words that many times, remember it was the Trump administration. Wow, that's a liar, that's a liar. This guy is saying this again and again and again. This is a propaganda. Comprehensively and with speed. Incomprehensively and with speed. Uh, that's his job. Chuck Todd asked question one. This guy veers off into comprehensively and in, in, with speed. And listen, I understand politicians doublespeak is nothing new. And they use these weasel words, these terms all the time on both, both sides. But I'm told that we have a problem. We have a pandemic here. That this is a real big event. This is so business of usual, as usual that's happening in Washington that it's disgusting. In that context, there's plenty of room for making modifications, including people's ideas. Uh, but we do need to act comprehensively here. Speaking How much more do you think the government's going to have to pump in after you pass your COVID relief bill? Well, the goal in putting together the American Rescue Plan here was to look at what is it going to take to finally have a comprehensive approach to uh, getting us to the other side of this crisis. The real question we have to focus on is, what is the cost of not acting now? Wow, geez, that was deep. That was deep. Margaret Brennan had Cedric Richmond on as one another Biden's uh, henchman in the White House. Uh, is President Biden still vowing to open American schools by April? Well, yes, and the key to it is making sure that we pass the American Rescue Plan so that we provide the uh, school systems and local municipalities. Yes, we want to help your kids and give them relief, and even the ones who are, are hurting themselves and the ones who are, you know, emotionally, uh, you know, taking hit after hit, you know, every day that they're not in school. We want to help them if the Republicans pass our huge comprehensive bill fast. The ability to open schools safely, and we think that if we invest in uh, the resources to make it safe, 
schools should reopen. But that. What a canard. The schools have gotten plenty of money, plenty mm -hmm. of money. This is not about schools opening, uh, making schools safe whatsoever. Yeah. Whatsoever. This is the transmission rate in schools is incredibly low regardless. You know, and nobody, if somebody's at risk, they don't have to teach. Right. Likely wouldn't. Everybody knows, even on the left, the media is trying to tell them, stop saying this stuff about <laughs> giving the schools money because everybody knows that the unions are just pushing you guys around. The teachers unions have been horrific. The model of how we deal with teachers, of how we educate will change. The teachers unions say you need us more than ever, ever, ever. We're so intricate into integral into the um, the success of your child mm -hmm. forever. We're so important that we're not going to go there and help them. You need right. us so much still that you still need to pay us and just have us work a couple of hours a week even happen until March at the earliest. Uh, tell me about the plans right now, what you can do now. Should the federal government uh, make it a priority to vaccinate? She's saying, like she's saying, tell me now, now. Like, I just talked to another um, a medical person who's a big, powerful person who um, who deals with a lot of patients, etc. And she said the that the, the um, self-harm continues mm -hmm. and kids of all ages, six and up, are coming into their hospitals. Who are who are messed up from not being able to be in their classes, and this yeah. is this is happening now. I, I thought in order to help, why is it why is our plan, our equitable plan to fix the pandemic damage, to have businesses hurt, people die, and mental health to be cratering for right. millions of and Americans? And then I love all the teachers unions go like. Well, I love that, like, us dying isn't as important as the fact that you don't want to watch your own kids. Like, no, my problem is that I don't want to keep paying you for thousands of full-time jobs when you're not doing anything for me right now. You know, that's the problem. Or instruct governors to push them towards the head of the line as essential workers. Look, I think you see us doing everything uh, humanly possible to make sure we ramp up vaccinations. We're delivering another million six to the states every week. So we bumped up the order. We just purchased another 200 million vaccinations. Equitably, though, you know, we're doing everything possible as long as we do this social justice, um, you know, strategy of not doing it fast. Mm -hmm. But signaling that we're down with the uh, with the with the wokeness, and so that we can vaccinate the whole 300 million adults that we need to do. And so uh, we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep sending the vaccines to the states and asking the states to uh, hurry up and make sure that they uh, get them all out. But and that's going well. That's going well. Meanwhile, the, the uh, recommendation from the CDC still has social justice equity distribution on it. Our plan and why we need then that's what the states are following. The states follow the, right. the CDC recommendations, except for one state, <laughs> the state right. that's doing it right and saving right. lives because right. it's under the stupid belief <laughs> that this is about saving lives. The past American Rescue Plan is to make sure that we give the school systems the ability to buy the mask, the ventilation systems, all of those things that's needed uh, to open up. But as you know, I mean, that fight is happening right now in cities like Chicago. We'll be talking to their... I love how they need ventilation systems. Yeah. You know, nobody, none of these other businesses that are open need new ventilation systems, but the teachers do. You know, the yeah. places where the teachers go and shop, they don't need new ventilation systems. Right. It's remarkable. 
remarkable. Superintendent later on in the program. And Michael Bloomberg, former presidential rival to, uh, to President Biden, argued in an op-ed this week that the president could be doing more. He could use his bully pul pul pulpit, excuse me, to give political cover to fellow Democrats. He could tell the unions, yes, I understand uh, how we need to prioritize teachers here and actually take measures to do it. Why isn't the president doing more to help out some of these fellow Democrats? I think the president is doing a lot. He just uh, introduced a, a $1.9 trillion plan to make sure that it is a whole community but they approach need the help to, right now. They're uh, trying fighting to open schools Monday. vaccinations. Well, that's an issue in uh, Chicago that uh, both sides are dealing with. I know they're both at the table. Uh, teachers are concerned about their health and making sure that they could teach uh, in a safe why they need help now they need help now well the president has a huge pork filled giveaway 1.9 trillion dollar plan he's done his part <laughs> no but they need the help now ah yeah they're working it out environment and if you look at the cdc study the cdc study that just came out said with the proper investments with the proper spacing and class sizes schools could reopen uh, safely. But another key aspect of that CDC study is that they didn't test all the students and teachers. By the way, so the CDC study, if you ever had any doubts that the CDC now is just another political mm -hmm. arm, the CDC also mentions that the equity is a huge part of distribution. Mm -hmm. As if that's a scientific word at all. Equity, 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 equity. It's now the most important factor in every scientific uh, formulation that could possibly ever be. It is remarkable. Is, how can I help you, Sally? Just saying hi? Yes. Okay. Nice <laughs> to see you. Nice to see you. Um, and you see Pepper over there for the first time. Pepper making be on camera, I think, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. She was on camera. Now she's like below the... So um, Joe Biden did um, did uh, weigh in. I, I felt that his, uh, his numbers uh, estimate of vaccination seemed a little low, but you can be the judge. Not in hand yet, but ordered. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the mid, by the mid summer that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, 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 and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50%, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans oh. by... That's Dixville Notch. <laughs> see, uh, Doesn't seem like chop. quite enough. End of the summer, the beginning of the, of the fall. But we want to make... Look, that's... I want to repeat. It'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. To be so 300 Americans, hopefully um, that's done with equity, those uh, 300 people. Uh, now, if you're wondering, you remember last week... Uh, we had uh, Anthony Fauci. Does double masking work? Is it effective? You know, it, it, it likely does, because, I mean, this is a physical covering to prevent uh, uh, droplets and virus to get in. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of an N95. Well, there you go. Good. So double masking works. Michael, uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Osterholm uh, was on with Chuck Todd today. And uh, doctor, talk to us about double masking. You're a little concerned about some of the double masking ideas. What do you do if you don't have a K95 mask to use? 
Well, when we talk about double masking, remember, what we're really talking about is just trying to prevent the virus from being excreted by me into the air or me inhaling the virus from somewhere else in the air. And it's both a function of face fit and face filtration. Think about your swim goggles. When's the last time anybody leaked at the lenses? They leak at the, at the fit. And so what we're concerned about is that many of these face cloth coverings do have already compromised fit or filtration capacity. If you add on another mask, you may actually make the, uh, it tougher for the air mm -hmm. to move through the two cloth area. And then at that point, it causes more air to actually leak around the sides, which actually enhances your ability mm -hmm. to get infected. So I'm not saying that some couldn't be used in a better way, but at the same time, there are many that may actually, you may do more harm. Okay. So, okay. It seems like they're not a good idea. Uh, and this guy, Mo mm -hmm. Osterholm, explain that to us. So a little bit, uh, a couple of hours ago, Anthony Fauci, once again, double masking. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason why the CDC has not changed the recommendation. Double masking doesn't work. Now. <laughs> there you go. He's barely, uh, you know, reversed himself completely on about three dozen major issues when it comes and recommendations when it comes to this. Code. How is any administration still letting him go? I'm not surprised the Trump administration wasn't letting him go on shows. No, Are you? he's an embarrassment. The guy, he isn't a, an incompetent. When is the moment. Biden administration going to learn that they shouldn't be letting him go on shows either? It's masks one day, double masks the next day, no masks the day after that. You you just can't, you, can, you don't know what you're going to get on any given day. Uh, so we're going to get to the the big bill, the Biden Fix America, Cure America bill in a moment. I just want to mention something that we've been seeing on Twitter. Uh, this hashtag uh, grew up, uh, grew up, uh, it, um, what did it do? It uh, spawned a couple of days ago. Is mm -hmm. saying sake bombs, as in Jen Saki. Saki mm -hmm. bombs. Yes, yes, girl. Awesome. Saki just dunked on reporters. And so. It's a beverage, too. That's a. Uh, sake, a sake bomb. Mean, yeah. Like like an Irish car bomb, but with oh, sake. Like, really? Yeah. Like sake bombs. That's why it's. That's the joke. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know that. It, yeah. I mean, to make a, a. An Irish car bomb has whiskey in it. The sake is wine. What no, a, I think the sake is what goes in the shot. Into like a, I don't know I haven't had one okay. but it is a beverage I'll look it up for you yeah you I'm angry why? about sake bombs so so here's the thing so and people are saying yes Slay Queen she's she's dunking in the media and she has she was asked about mm -hmm. the GameStop yeah. thing a couple of days ago and and uh, and she was asked if Jen uh, if uh, Janet Yellen should recuse herself because Yellen took money speaking fees. From um from one of these companies, one of these hedge hedge funds. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here she is. And, and I had a follow up on the on the markets and everything that's mm -hmm. happening with GameStop. Uh, you did mention, I believe, yesterday um, that the Treasury Secretary is monitoring the situation and she's kind of uh, on top of it. There have been um, some kind of concerns about her uh, previous engagements with Citadel and speaking fees that she has received from Citadel. Are there any plans to have her recuse herself from advising the president on uh, GameStop and the whole Robin Hood situation? Well, just to be clear, what I said was that 
we have the Treasury Secretary is now confirmed. Obviously, we have a broad economic team. Uh, the SEC put out a statement uh, yesterday that I referred to, but I, I don't think I have anything more for you on it other than to say separate from the GameStop issue, the Secretary of Treasury is one of the world-renowned experts on markets, on the economy. Uh, it would, shouldn't be a surprise to anyone she was uh, paid to uh, give her perspective and advice before she came into office. Okay, so not answering that question. First feline update. Oh, jeez, hold on. To the executive orders, the, the questions we were discussing at the start. Um, so I'm still trying to sort of reconcile this. You know, that, that's an, it's, it's a little. Wait, um, wait. Yeah. So a sake bomb is the sake. Oh, here we go. And I had a follow up on the on the markets and everything that's mm-hmm. happening with right, GameStop. Uh, you did mention, I believe, yesterday. Oh, sorry, so anyway, Saki also another person asked her about um, the GameStop thing, and she mm-hmm. said, "What the president's worried about is right now is jobs. That's his number one thing." And she closed and slams the book and walks yeah. away. So she's been doing these things where she's dunking on reporters, mm-hmm. but the problem is that these reporters are friendly reporters. Yeah, they, they're asking her friendly questions. Mm-hmm. So asking about, Janet, I mean, not quite. Uh, what's Biden's favorite ice cream? Flavor, no, but close. But, <laughs> these yeah, are not almost. These are not questions. These are not doozy questions. They're right. trying to trip her up. And so she's. This is all friendly fire on her own fan base mm-hmm. here. So this idea of her simply avoiding answering questions because one, she's avoiding being forthright because the truth could be harmful for you to hear the administration, or two, she doesn't know. This is not dunking on anybody. This is her simply either being uh, non-transparent or incompetent. So I just want to put I, – I, I grabbed around and cuts here. I want to put this to bed that something good is happening here. This is your own person dodging easy questions. The administration should probably have an opinion and a position on the GameStop thing. Because, uh, yeah, because it was like the biggest story in America last week. Well, right. And also, it comes to a value judgment. What is important? The free will of, of a bunch of Americans who want to legally enter uh, you know, the stock market that's been, that's been mm-hmm. cornered by establishment Wall Street people forever and then being uh, you know, excommunicated by the platform that, 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 that yeah. you... Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, Robinhood probably had to shut down that trading not because they were trying to save hedge funds necessarily, but because they literally couldn't cover the trades anymore. Sure, like, but the thing is... they've been going around begging for right. money to investors because they can't But the open. fact that, that there's no answer whatsoever... That they're mm-hmm. not going to entertain it, and that that his priority is jobs. Thank you, as as Saki walks away, suggests that the administration is being influenced by Wall Street folks. Yeah, like, and, and there's no doubt that they have a lot of sway, and a lot of those Wall Street people are now working in the administration, mm-hmm. um, or the administration simply hasn't read the news. Yeah, but these it are things seems that, like it, honestly. Um, because are- she seemed like surprised anyone would bring that up. I haven't brought up GameStop specifically, but I'm sure you can ask Janet Yellen. She's a woman, by the way. Right, right. And we played that the other day. I wish I had had that, but I yeah. screwed up and But got the a sake thing. bomb is where you put a shot glass of sake into a beer. First feeling. Oh, sorry. Um, you, that's, that's, that's such a zillennial or millennial <laughs> thing. I think it's a millennial thing. That is disgraceful. Saki's wines <laughs> because you're putting so you're putting wine into a beer. Yeah, it's a beer cocktail. Oh God, what a bunch of wusses! <laughs> that is pathetic. Well, maybe we'll have one on the next burn. A sake bomb, Alice. 
The shot of sake is dropped into the beer, causing it to fizz violently. Ooh. The drink should be consumed immediately. Causing it to fizz violently. It's funny what <laughs> the fizz violently fizz For violently. Style be- points. You balance can, the shot of I sake can, on top of the on top of chopsticks on top. I of can the put glass. a Lego into a beer and will fizz violently. <laughs> There's nothing happening with a sake bomb. That's not allowed anymore. If you're listening uh, right now, please make sure nobody in your your perimeter <laughs> does sake bombs. Have some pride, America. Okay, so what's happening is the Biden administration's trying to push this huge bill in, this huge giveaway mm-hmm. bill in. It's going to jolt up the minimum wage. It's going to end um, end oil and uh, energy leases on federal lands, which is going to cause uh, cost tens of thousands of jobs, if not more, and uh, do all sorts of stuff like that. And giveaways to blue states who have mm-hmm. spent money on crooked, corrupt pension systems and other dumb projects. It's a it's a big giveaway. That's what it is. They want it done, so they're threatening to use the um, use the um, what's it called reconciliation. reconciliation, which is what you do on a budget bill or a tax bill, essentially, because you can reconcile it. In other words, just have 51 votes. Mm-hmm. And because you can't hold up the economy, it, ideally this reconciliation was a way to have a simple majority because you needed budget bills to get passed to fund the economy. You know. Yeah. So now they're going to use that under this bill where you know you would think that ending oil drilling somewhere wouldn't be a tax bill, but there's going to be budget items in there. Mm-hmm. So, so they're threatening to do it. To do that, you got to sway a senator or two. Yeah, you have to make sure they they can't lose one Democrat because they have fifty votes, and then Kamala's the tiebreaker. Right. So there's one problematic senator. Mm, two, one and a half. Okay. Two. But yeah, for our match, for our, for our yeah. let me let, let you let you um, tell the story for our purposes right now. It's Joe Manchin. Right now it's Joe Manchin. Um, and Joe Manchin has been working hard of to, West Virginia. Of West Virginia has been trying hard to get a. A bipartisan solution to this. He's indicated that he's a little hesitant on um, the uh, relief checks going to people who make over $300,000 a year. He wants that to be like lowered a little bit. Um, you know, so he's trying to work with Republicans and then get them on board and have something bipartisan pass. And so I think the Biden administration was feeling like maybe he wasn't going to be on board with just going straight to reconciliation. And he might want to negotiate a little more with his Republican colleagues to try and get something passed. So they decided it was time to up the pressure a little bit on Joe Manchin and make sure he would come uh, with them on their reconciliation project. So the idea was to have Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, parachute in to West Virginia, uh, uh, to the airwaves, and undermine him by influencing West Virginians behind his back to it, love the bill and need right. it passed right now. So they get she gets involved with WSAZ in West Virginia, and um, and they say, by the way, the vice president wants to do an interview. So the reporter says, uh, okay. Yeah, and this so is like if Boston they put 25 Kamala, got they, an interview with the president, right. vice president of the United States. They put Kamala on the air and here she is. Employment, of course, during the pandemic has been a major issue, as you've touched on. Um, adding to yeah. that uncertainty, people in traditional energy jobs um, have concerns about the Biden administration's clean energy plan. Um, people who work in coal especially have heard before that there will be jobs and, and programs to help them transition to no avail. Why should they believe that this time will be different? Okay, they've been burned before. Why will this be different? Kamala, take it away. 
Well, first of all, let me say that um, the president has been very clear that this is not about any existing leases in terms of um, coal on fe- and, and, and what we're doing in terms of oil and coal on, and, and, and federal it's land. Not, huh? This is about what we need to do going forward to create more jobs. The president feels very strongly that... Us getting rid of all those jobs are about creating more jobs, mm-hmm. you see, West Virginia. When we are thinking about saving our environment, he, when you talk to him about climate change, the first thing that he talks about is job creation. This is a big Biden administration uh, saying. The first thing to me, it means jobs. And so it's job creation around investing in American manufacturing, job creation in terms of investing in American infrastructure and building up, back up American infrastructure, job creation around, for example, all of those skilled workers who are in the coal industry. By the way, I'm not um, grinding ice or anything. That's that's <laughs> not it's sound in the in the TV package of uh, people hard at work in, in oil jobs. And, and, and transferring those skills to what we need to do in terms of dealing with reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines. What we- Seems like an odd energy uh, <laughs> job creator, but that's fine. But it's going to be landmine removal now is one of the odd... Big one an- in West Virginia. One of the one. odd <laughs> ancillary. The, the great mining of West Virginia of 1914 has... Yet to be undone, but the Biden team tends to tackle it. We need to do around plus. Why should they put faith in you and the president? You know, because we have faith in the American people. Jesus. <laughs> oh, good. Good. That's a good uh, policy point there. Thanks for the detail. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when the president and I think about. Where we are. Could somebody have prepped her, at least, if she's going to go live to the people of the state, make her first appearance there, could somebody just at least give her some lies, notes? As a country, yeah, we, we ran as Democrats, but we are Americans, and we will lead as Americans, and um, we, wanna, we want our... One nation under God, as a matter of fact, as Americans, if you didn't know, it's there aren't... Blue states and red states, really, there are the United States, as a matter of fact. Country to be strong. We want our country to be healthy. Why do I have to lose my job? We want our country to be strong. <laughs> Thank you. We want our children to thrive. And um, and that's the bottom line. And that's why we can thrive better when daddy's out of work. So doing this. And so, listen, um, we are here to support you. And the reason I am here in West Virginia talking with you. When, you know what this sounds like to me, this mm-hmm. part of this interview? This is when she is with one hand signaling to her communications person to get on the phone with the producer of that station and tell them to wrap this frigging thing up. I am <laughs> yeah. done here. I have nothing She's more to say. She's making this gesture. Like, yes. Come on. I am d- d- running in circles here. Is because everybody matters whether you voted for us or not, that, that the election is over. And now is the time to support the American people, to lead, to lift people up, and Jesus. to say, hello, neighbor. You know, we're all in this together. We're all in it together. So just coincidentally, the reason she's here in West Virginia, she's just doing a canvas of all local TV stations. <laughs> I mean, when the station got the call that they were like, because they say later in the show, like, oh, we didn't seek out this interview. The White House called us and asked us to interview Kamala. Like, they must have been freaking out, that local news station. Like, oh my gosh, the, the vice president wants to do an exclusive interview with WSAV TV3 West Virginia? Like, right. Imagine, when was the last time you saw the vice president on your local News at 11? 
No, well, yeah. And, and, the, and it's just coincidentally, she just wanted to say hello, neighbor, to the good people of West Virginia and explain to them the importance of the very important bill that they're trying like, to pass. She been like waiting to go on, saying like, what, are the, what do I say to these yahoos? Do they, I mean... I mean, I can't believe Joe's making me do this. I'm not in there in this for this. You know, I was on Vogue twice in a row. I'm not reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines. Well, I mean, that I don't think we can all agree that would be an important thing to do. All right. So uh, so then the next day. Oh, what do you got going on there? Will that mute everything that you need to not be muted? No. Oh, I just want to make sure. No, it won't. Sorry, being attacked there. Um, so, so the next day they catch up with Joe Manchin. I'm just going to play the news package from the same station here. They catch up with Joe Manchin, who's now had unbeknownst to him, the vice president of the United States secretly sneak around and speak to his constituents. Our interview with the Vice President Kamala Harris last night drew some national attention. Today, the White House answering questions about the Vice President's appearances on two television stations, one in Arizona and the other right here, WSAZ. As News Channel 3's Amanda Barron reports, the interview even took Senator Joe Manchin by surprise. Democratic U.S. Senator Joe Manchin spent time Friday checking out one of West Virginia's COVID-19 vaccination clinics. Just a day after Vice President Kamala Harris joined WSAZ for an exclusive interview to talk about the proposed American Rescue Plan. I saw it. I couldn't believe it. No one called me. We're going to try to find a bipartisan pathway forward. I think we need to, but we need to work together. I saw it. I couldn't believe it. No one called me. Uh, nice play. Biden administration, good, good, uh, I good uh, thinking to uh, try to bigfoot Joe Manchin. I'm sure you've made a friend. That's not a way of working together. What was done? In addition to an interview with us, the vice president spoke with a station in Arizona. We want to make the case to the American people across the country. This was a way to do uh, exactly that. Why those states specifically? I think she'll do a number of of, uh, more uh, regional calls and regional interviews, uh, as will other members of the team. The American Rescue Plan. Yeah. Why did she pick the two states with the two moderate Democrat senators to do the first two local news interviews by a sitting vice president in the history of America? I mean... Why those two states? Oh, she's just, you know, coincidental. So much truth from Jen Psaki right there. That was absolutely the truth. She's calling every tiny market uh, (laughs) news station, as a matter of fact. I think Worcester, Mass. will be next. It is remarkable. It would give $1,400 checks to essentially every American. Senator Manchin believes those payments should be targeted. We met with his uh, economic team, and they put out what they what they wanted. We said, just uh, just show us the figures, because people need to know. We want to help everybody that needs help. But if a person's making two hundred and fifty or $300,000, I don't think they're in much as need as a person making forty or fifty. that's been okay. That's all I've said. So the game is on. We'll see how this pans out. But nice play, Team <laughs> Biden. That was really, thank God, a really stable administration is in there. I know. So he's not trying to intimidate their political allies or anything. Thank God we're sticking with norms. That's absolutely normal of somebody of the same party to do that to to somebody who dares to have a a brain in their head. So quickly before, we're already over time by here, but I want to get to a last few things first. Um, All right. First of all, on the funny side, Brian Williams on MSNBC was having a uh, along the idea, well, okay, so we're on the topic of 
uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy going down mm-hmm. to see Trump in Mar-a-Lago. So what happens is it's all uproar that he's kissing the ring of Trump, et cetera. And it is an interesting conversation that we'll probably talk about mm-hmm. more tomorrow. So Brian Williams plays a it, it talks about it with a panel, including Bill Crystal, and then they go to what is supposed to be, I believe, video of the of uh, Trump mm-hmm. um, with Kevin McCarthy, and this is what happens. Out of this meeting today uh, between McCarthy and Trump, uh, we'll watch it and react on the other side. I love you. You. You had me at hello. You're hearing Jerry Maguire, obviously. Obviously, we have rolled the wrong clip, and we were were sold a bill of goods here. I thought this was going to be of the... uh, McCarthy and Trump meeting, and someone's going to be, of course, in big trouble. So, Barton, <laughs> someone's in big trouble. Someone trying to throw down on Trump uh, didn't let Brian know he was going to do it, or <laughs> something like that. But that was wonderful. Um, here's uh, Andrew Cuomo taking very seriously, and I thought he was very contrite about his mishandling of the nursing home deaths in this state. A third of all deaths in this nation are from nursing homes. New York State, we're only about 28% only. But we're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. But who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. It's over. Who cares? And I dealt with the loss of my father from covid in a nursing home oh my god yeah you didn't tell you your death of your father because some moron idiot governor sent the otherwise healthy father to die in a nursing home he died five years ago because he was old the pain is so incredible uh wait a minute you don't get to share in this particular piece of pain my friend jesus what a psycho by the way i the whole thing. This is so- really about me and my dad and how he yes. died. It was very sad. Um, back to the Kevin McCarthy stuff. Um, Anna Navarro of CNN, who's just a dumb, but uh, this is her, of course, 2021 take, because this is how stupid we have to be on CNN. So, you know, this has been, I think, such a sad week for the Republican Party, because th- this is a time when they had a chance to get rid of the cross that they've been bearing with Donald Trump, who has divided the party and opened it up for all sorts of nut jobs to uh, come into the party. Instead, what we see is Kevin McCarthy, who has been all over the place, uh, going down, making a pilgrimage to, I guess, what's going to become now the Republican Mecca. I call it Far Alago. And by the way, she calls it Far Alago. Because it's far away? Is that? It's the, yeah, it's from Mar a Lago. She calls it Far Alago. She thought of that. Um, obviously, if this were a normal world, um, the executive producer would call up to the program director or whoever runs this and say, um, just let Anna know that we don't need her anymore after this because of of, we're not the uh, network of Far-A-Lago. I heard Olivia Nuzzi, I saw well, saw Olivia Nuzzi and some other people on Twitter talking about how there's um, a string of whackings of extra correspondence for all these cable shows That's because right. the Trump 
the Trump boom is over in cable news. Right. Far-a-lago. Ooh, burn. Well, yeah, we can put the picture back up. But can we just talk about the interior of Mar-a-Lago? I mean, it's like, what, bordello, vintage bordello look? And so... This is what you have on CNN, is mm-hmm. just trying to get cool hot takes that'll go viral. And now you have a stupid person trying to write comedy. And so we have a word yeah. world where we have Far-a-Lago as being yeah. the punchline disseminated to millions of Americans. Yeah, and we have... Uh, What's his name? Is it Rick Wilson, the Lincoln Project guy? Yes. He was on Twitter trying to dunk on Marjorie Taylor Greene's shoes. Like, really... He's got some stuff going on. Uh, that fellow has some things going on. Yeah, you know, he went down there to make nice with uh, with with Donald Trump because Donald Trump is threatening to open up a third party if Republicans don't continue kissing his ring, among other body parts. I think it's pathetic. I think the. Other body parts probably meant his privates, if you didn't know from that. That's I'm what she's saying. So. She's so. very funny. Wow. She's That's very good very, at this. Yeah. You know, I think it's white slavery, what I just witnessed from Kevin McCarthy. He looks like uh, he's owned by his master, and his master is Donald Trump. It is pathetic. Should we be referencing slavery? I mean, about politics? I just... Well, I mean, seems, I would it also... It seems tasteless to me, kind of. Well, and I also believe... Um, that homophobia might might have arisen at some point. A little bit, that. I would think so. It's, I mean, it's gross. The Lincoln Project has their own problems, though. Uh, yes, uh, because is... they, the New York Times now is reporting on the the dozens of victims of, um, you know, yeah, with whatever. Wheaton or whatever his name is, one of the founders. Uh, Weaver, John Weaver, Weaver has been uh, soliciting underage boys, offering them jobs, uh, prestigious <laughs> jobs at the Lincoln Project if they send him nudes and stuff. Uh, a, so, and they all knew, and they're all terrible. And yeah, um, it's a great group of people there. So they're uh, awesome. They're uh, doing all that. And so um, Laura Unger, um, who's a former sec- secretary of government. Um, she's got, she's former SEC person under Obama, has her own take on the Gamergate situation that happened with the Gamergate, God, GameStop, mm-hmm. GameStop situation where these guys, a bunch of people on Reddit went in and dared to uh, day trade like the guys, hedge fund people. It really puts a lot of um, question about the integrity of the market, right? And it really kind of, everybody's scratching their heads over this what what should happen? The integrity of the market. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wonderful? What What is the right thing to do to control this or stop this? Not unlike what we saw on January 6th at the Capitol, right? If you don't have the police in there at the right time, things go a little crazy. And that's kind of feels like what's happening with this. Much different, much lesser degree. It's financial harm, not... Per- it's kind of like, but not at all <laughs> like... Yeah, somebody, somebody said in her ear, like, you can't compare yeah. people getting shot at the Capitol to um, losing money in the stock market. That's Personal bodily harm. But, but certainly that's the same kind of, you know, platform-created frenzy um, that, that people are operating under. And these are, these are very trying times. No, so the the to finish the metaphor, it would be to be honest, these guys are supposed to be victimized. Mm-hmm. The Reddit people are supposed to go in and lose. You know, they're supposed to be the people getting uh, stomped on by people with antlers and stuff like that. But they didn't. Yeah, and they that refused upset to. People in in the hedge fund companies that had made a lot of money previously mm-hmm. so they took a loss 
And so they called timeout, and they demanded that the rules be changed immediately. And they were. And I hope the lawsuits are through the freaking ionosphere. Well, they probably won't be because all those people had to sign arbitration clauses when they signed up for the Robinhood app. There's a there's a uh, lawyer for everything else. I'm I have yeah. faith. Um, Martha Raddatz yells at Asa Hutchinson, who's the governor of um, he's Louisiana, Arkansas. Right? Arkansas, okay, Arkansas. She yells at him over um, who's the Q Q one? Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. Trump loyalist Marjorie Taylor Green. She's long embraced com- conspiracy theories like QAnon, uh, voice support for executing Nancy Pelosi. Does she? Is she fit to serve, and should she be on the Education Committee? Uh, First of all, the people of her district elected her, and that should mean a lot. Uh, They elected her, and she's going to run for re-election, and she'll be accountable for what she said and her actions. Uh, And then, Given her history, is she fit to serve? I'm not going to answer that question as to whether she's fit to serve because she believes in something that, that everybody else does not accept. I reject that. Uh, but she's going to stand for re-election. Uh, I don't think we ought to punish people uh, from a disciplinary standpoint, a party standpoint, because uh, they think something a little bit different. Uh, we need to not start uh, primarying everyone just because we don't like uh, how they handle things uh, during the, the last two or three weeks uh, post-election. But, uh, let's Governor, focus on you, our you say ideas you shouldn't, you shouldn't go after someone because they think of something a little bit different. She believes in conspiracy theories, that there are pedophiles running Washington. <laughs> That's not just a little bit different. I reject different. that, and I, I, I would not vote for her. I, I would not vote for her. The second question is, should the House of Representatives make a disciplinary call on her? I'm not going to get in the middle of that. They're going to have to make that, that judgment. Uh, but, you know, whenever you have a, a broad diversity of the party, you reject uh, the extreme elements it's not mainstream GOP, and that's what we've got to get back to. Uh, we've got to have a regard for those people that supported Donald Trump. We want because they have a message, they have a concern. But at the same time, uh, we don't want to gloss over the terrible actions that happened at the Capitol. We need to hold people accountable for that. That is critically important. Okay, thanks for joining us this morning. <laughs> uh, and for the record, she's. She's pretty bad. I mean, I think yeah, even is, the people gross. of Georgia, I'd be surprised if she gets reelected, to be honest. But, you know, and I'd even be OK, possibly, if they minimized her committee assignments a little bit, but at, like they did with Steve King or whatever. But uh, they shouldn't take her out of Congress. What's the precedent for that? When do we just start taking duly elected representatives out of Congress because they believe something wacky? I mean, you'd have to take half the Democrats out of there, first of all. They all believe crazy stuff. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, I, I don't think the Republicans should take her out. So, what's Mina Harris doing, Alice? Uh, Mina Harris is doing something that we've been told for four years is really, 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 really bad, which is um, profiting off of the fact that her sister is super famous and um, part of the U.S. government. So, I see it's her so, sister. Okay. So she's had a designer. Um, she's a designer. She like designs clothes, and she's like an influencer online. And um, Jesus. first of all, she flew to the inauguration in the private plane of one of the tr- of the transition donors. There you go. That's how you. Um, 
do it, like Mina. a billionaire, and she like tweeted, she like had it on her Instagram stories, her in the private jet. Excellent, like, keep her around. Her, I am looking. I endorse Mina. Her Harris. husband is the one with the um who had the Nike Dior ones. Oh, that's great! And the like the that's leopard great. the leopard print Mia. Uh, jackets. Mia, so, get so out she there. Had, like, she had like designs on her website that mm-hmm. were like the Kamala design, the Kamala swimsuit. So the ethics people have made her like take those off her site. No, no. And she has a best-selling children's book called um, Mina and Kamala's Big Idea or something. Um, and they're saying essentially like if she had published this book while Kamala was the nominee, she published it over the summer in between the mm-hmm. primary campaign and when Kamala was chosen. And it's still on the bestseller list. She's still collecting royalties from it. They're like, the ethics people are like, we wouldn't have let you do this now. Okay. But she's still collecting from it. Well, keep it up. It. She needs to keep And her- um, by the way, her stepdaughter also, mm-hmm. um, Ella Emhoff. Yes. At Parsons, the one with the knitwear and the unshaved armpits and everything. Yes, I saw um, her. She's, yes. Uh, she just got a huge modeling contract with IMG Models in New York as well. So, um, that seems that was done on merit. Then, so she, um, so that (laughs) is the Harris family cashing in. I want Mina Harris to get out there. Don't nobody tells you what to do, Mina. Nobody puts Mina in the corner. You go out and do sell influence, sell Kamala's name all over America. Absolutely. Joe Biden had to talk to his brothers too. By the way, had to talk to Jim (laughs) Biden and say because one of them ran Mm -hmm. an ad for his law firm during the inauguration. But no, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally not one, not one. Me and my brother smidge. Joe have always believed. not one smidge of corruption whatsoever. That's totally fine. This fine. is not going to go anywhere. It's going to be another scandal-free presidency. So I the last thing tell. I want to talk about before we go is Tiffany Cross, who I just discovered had Anthony Scaramucci on, and I've always liked the Mooch. I liked him when he was first in the administration for ten days, and and then he turned on Trump, and I thought that was kind of uh, an opportunistic move, but. I liked. I just like the way he carries himself and handles himself <laughs> in interviews. So I like him, no matter what. So he goes on with Tiffany Cross, who's another talentless TV person, and she's suggesting that this reconciliation stuff has to happen. And so Trump people either have to be deprogrammed or sanitized. They have to be sanitized, <laughs> which sounds absolutely uh, like a humane and thoughtful thing to do with people who uh, hold different beliefs than you. And uh, she goes after the mooch. Uh, Anthony, I do want to start with you here because. Honestly, for all intents and purposes, if we look at a collection of sound bites from you, you were radicalized. And I want to hear how you became unradicalized. Let's start with some old sound from you. That's another hack politician. <laughs> you call Donald Trump, Trump a hack? He's a hack politician. Uh, I'll tell you who he's going to be president of. You can tell Donald I said this. The Queens County Bullies Association. I think he's got some of the best political instincts in the world and perhaps in history. But I love the president and I'm very, very loyal to the president. And I love the mission that the president has. He's genuinely a, a wonderful human being. So, Anthony, we just saw that I have not been quiet about the fact that I don't want to be a part of this effort to sanitize people who rocked really hard with Trump and then thought better of it later. But because, as we just saw, you appear to have been radicalized by the <laughs> MAGA party. I'm curious, what's your advice on how we unradicalize people who have so- drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak? So, so Tiffany, first of all, I, I wasn't radicalized. I was a standard garden variety Republican and many standard garden variety Republicans got trapped in the same dilemma that I was in. So was not radicalized. And I think you're making a mistake about the whole sanitization thing, because you've got 74 million people that voted for Mr. Trump and not all of them are hardcore MAGA people. There's probably 40 or 50 million people 
that we need to create an off-ramp for so that we can unite and heal the country. So if you go in that direction with that high sanctimony and that high moral righteousness, I think it's going to be very damaging for the country going forward. You're going to keep well, the country. Now, he's absolutely right, of course, because these are people, you know, there's no shame in having voted for Donald Trump. No. You believed in one of the two candidates. Donald Trump had ideas, had accomplishments, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely reasonable. Obviously, he was a different cat with tweeting and all that stuff. But, you know, that was, you know, that's you factor that in. You know, you, you a lot of thoughtful people voted for Trump. A lot of people do it again. You know, and to suggest that anything that happened because of Trump, you know, including the, the Capitol uh, attack and et cetera, that somehow there has to be a reckoning for that. Now we're suddenly everything that happens during a presidential administration has to be filtered, uh, and 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 has to result mm-hmm. in some kind of um, uh, reparation from the voter who right. dared to do it personally. We must well, repent. Right, right. So the, how, how does that work? How so do we when get Bernie sanitized? got the people shot, to, what happens there? When Obama took away people's health care. What happens if, for all the bad things that happened? The fact and not that, just Bernie. All it's those, not just Bernie well, has to repent every, for his every, rhetoric. Every one of these people has been terrible. And so so you know, all the terrible things that happened, all these administrations. So who do I get my, who do I get to sanitize for all that? <laughs> so this is BS. The way she's talking is also freaking dangerous. You're mm-hmm. unhealing a whole group of people. Un- yeah, sanitize them. How do we sanitize they them? ISIS. They, don't, they voted they don't for a believe, different candidate. Because they don't believe the things you believe, Tiffany Cross. If it's high sanctimony or high moral righteousness. Fair enough, but I don't know if it's high sanctimony or high moral righteousness. Well, let me just say, let me say, Anthony. All right, you're going to talk over me. Go ahead. Well, let me just say, I think you're not going to let me speak, but go ahead. No, you you will have opportunity to speak. I know you love the camera. I think that there is a lot of people, um, you know, there's this this desire to want to sanitize people who rock with the- I know you love the camera. It's like you invited him on. Yeah. Dummy. This president, but quite truthfully, we always knew who Donald Trump was. He was very clear about that on the campaign trail. So this is someone that you still opted to align yourself with. You still <laughs> opted. We always knew that he was a guy who created designed golf courses and owned uh, hotels around the world and was a successful businessman and had a reality TV show. We always knew that. So how dare you be attracted to that? I mean, he was an outsider politically with new and different ideas who cared about the culture being changed and statues and PC language. We always knew that. And how dare you fall for that? To go out there and advocate for him, you still opted to join the administration. So if you weren't radicalized, were you an opportunist? And if so, what happens when the next opportunity presents itself? So, you know, I got got something wrong about Mr. Trump. I thought at at age 70 that he was going to be a transformative politician and a post partisan politician. I got that wrong. As I tell my kids, if you get something wrong, you know, you admit you're wrong. It's it's okay to get something wrong, Tiffany. It's not okay to stay wrong. Two years ago, I said, there's something wrong with the guy. And for 24 months, I worked very hard on making sure that he didn't get reelected. I put a lot of money up in that, a lot of effort. I like the camera almost as much as you like the camera. And I went out and did tremendous amounts of media advocacy against him uh, and we built a coalition that defeated him. So I'm not exactly sure where you're coming from on this. What do you what do you want to do with these people, the 74 million people Good that question. voted for Mr. Mitch. Trump? Would you like to hive them off the country and ship them out into the Atlantic Ocean? What, what would you like to do with them, Tiffany? 
Yeah, so I think uh, it's just really important that we have very honest conversations about um, where we are as a country. And quite frankly, Trump never hid his misogyny. He never oh, hid yeah. his racism. He never hid his xenophobia. So it's always interesting to me when there's this coalition of people who try to sanitize folks. Oh, if we always knew who he was about Trump, then do we always knew who he was about Biden? Uh, and his particular uh, stance on race and predators uh, yeah. and people beyond the pair. Do we always know who he was, too? Such as yourself, um, and present them as though, oh, well, we trying, forgive are you, you. Are you trying um, to sanitize me? So that, that was me, the, the intention of the me? question. I am Tiffany, certainly you, not trying to trying sanitize to you. I just show? wanted to give you an opportunity to, to figure out why. Um, sure, I just want to give you the opportunity because you did seem like you were radicalized. He wasn't. A, it wasn't a secret about who. You did seem like you were radicalized. I mean, you seemed like that eighty other million people in America who we all assume are radicalized because they can't have a point or anything. He was. But I do want to turn to you, Nathan, because I think that well, you no, can I'm offer you my question. whole point. Just answer the question. Are you trying yeah, well, to Well, when you get a show, invite me yeah. on and I'll happily come answer your questions. But I want to talk about these actual Ooh. races because... Damn, nice. Just uh, dunked all over him there. Nice burn. She is a dumb uh, and he is not a dumb, even regardless of what you think of it. I have reached out to him today. He has responded. I think we'll be speaking to him tomorrow, which is Monday. And um, I just want to talk about this, this idea that people need to be sanitized and they're coming for you in these, you know, we need these uh, reconciliation squads to ask you exactly what you were thinking and re-educate you. It is a little odd. I tell you, if you were hearing this stuff, uh, this kind of language, the climate it creates, I believe, is one of anxiety and division. But, you know... They're off the clock now. The media is off the clock. Uh, so I guess we will see you all in the FEMA camps. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We have a YouTube channel, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel. You can watch the video versions of the podcast. You can like and comment on the videos. You can subscribe to the channel or to wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can shoot us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. C'est la vie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.